Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, uh, cast your mind back once upon a time. Casting. When you were new. Yes, a newbie. A newbie. Yes. To a job. Yeah. Oh, okay. An industry. Yes. And you looked around and thought, what am I doing here? You had imposter syndrome. Maybe you still do. I don't know. You know. Do you ever get that sometimes? You just like. Do I have to talk like I'm in an intro to a movie? (laughs) Yes. I do remember. (laughs) There was a time. There was a time. When we were all new at a job. That's right. Yes. I remember those times. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's, remember it can be, you know, there's, there's a lot to learn. You know, there is. You're starting. I mean, Uh five years back, I remember starting at Blue Star. Yep. So much to learn. Oh, dude. Yeah. I thought I knew everything about distribution. I I knew nothing. Well, I knew nothing about distribution. I knew nothing about this channel. Bingo. I knew nothing about really IT. Bingo. My previous experience had been in retail, uh, (laughs) uh, higher ed publishing, higher education publishing, and food service supplies and equipment. I had not touched this industry yet at all. Golly. I got technology. I was a tech guy, but you're giving me flashbacks that are kind of horrific. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably what a lot of folks are facing when they start working for a bar or a vendor. When they're entering into this channel, oh, when they're coming into the channel, or maybe they're starting a new business and want to start selling this kind of stuff and learning about this channel that we're part of. For sure. So, this is actually our topic for today. In fact, it's a topic that was recommended by one of our listeners. There you go. We're always saying all the time, well, hey, folks, tell us what you want to hear about on the show. And someone finally took us up up on it. And he got a shirt for it. He got a t shirt for it. We'll call him out here in a little bit and explain a little bit more of what he said. But, um, you know, so this is a a good topic, though. And and I think it's going to be very useful for not just new. So I know we're talking about this as the the new VAR guide to the Mm -hmm. channel. But listen, if you're. If you're turned listening this far and you're thinking, oh, this is for newbies, I don't need to listen to this. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm a this 20 is good for everybody. We got good pro. topics. Yeah, there's no. stuff you should be thinking about here because I'm of the belief that you should always be learning. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's, there's there's no such thing as I'm I know too much. No, and I don't have anything mm-hmm. else left to learn. Yeah, you might pick up some things you don't you hadn't thought about. Things for sure. that have changed over your time in the business. Yep. It's always good to take a moment to refresh. Plus, if you are someone who's been in the channel for a long time, you might be someone who's responsible for hiring people into your business. Mm. And if that's the case, you should know what they're thinking and feeling when they're coming in. The questions they might have, the stuff that they're concerned about and wondering about. So... This Plus, should be something good for everybody. Don't we have a couple snippets from uh, some we other do. thought leaders? In We're the actually going to hear from some of our uh, customers I mean, who told, told us a little bit about their. If you don't want to hear you and me out. talk. You know, no. you can you can hang out for that. Obviously, again, I I'm just five years into this, and <laughs> there's still things that I'm like, I didn't know we did that. You know, what? so I'm still learning all the time. That's right. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the var. What's tech connecting with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean. Let's let's get into this here. So first of all, yep. yes, this was a topic that was submitted by one of our listeners. His name is Love Danny it. Sedano. Sedano? Mm-hmm. I say Sedano. Sedano. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he just recently started within the last month or two, I think, yep. at DBK Concepts. Yep. 
Nice and big company. Started listening to the podcast. Thank you. I mean, that's right. awesome. I'm, yes. You know, awesome great. That, you, that you found this. Uh, I've actually noticed Danny has been popping up everywhere. Ah. He, when I do, we're on webinars. He's been attending all the webinars. He's all in trying to he, figure it out. He is. He is. And I, to me, that's incredibly smart. We'll talk more about that oh, later. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think it's one of the smartest things you can do when you're new is absorb no as much information it. as possible. Yep. So he's already doing it. And he went ahead and sent us a message. He filled out the form, mm-hmm. said, hey, guys, I'm new. I want to know, you know, from, you know, the newbie's perspective, yep. you know, what I should know about what, what should I should I know? Yeah. Basically, the central question he asked us, which we will answer along the way with a lot of other stuff is, if you guys are starting all over, mm-hmm. what would you do? What mm-hmm. would you know? What would you do differently maybe mm-hmm. compared to then versus now? So what a great a, question. It is. It's a great baseline question. And it, it turns out we actually had some footage of some folks that already given the answer. We'll mm-hmm. get to that in a little bit, too. Yeah. But, you know, thank you so much, Danny. We appreciate, one, that you're listening, uh, that you're supporting the show. And thanks for submitting a topic because this is a great topic, I think, for us to get into. And it's something we might kind of revisit a little bit over time, too. Yeah, like, you know, no, little, absolutely. Little tidbits to help some folks along the way. You know, Wish their, I had been that smart to ask this question when I first... <laughs> Entered oh. the building at Blue Star. Danny clearly is going to have a good career because he's already got a leg up on asking good questions. One hundred percent. There so. you go. All right. Well, let's let's start off out of the gate here, Dean. You know, channel sales. It can be a little tricky if oh, yeah. you're not familiar with how For this sure. stuff works. Again, I will admit when I first came in and mm-hmm. someone explained to me, "Here's Blue Star and here's what we do." Right. I'm like, what, so okay, what, we're not making. We no, we're not making. We're the people who use it aren't. No, they're not buying enough of us. No. Wait a minute. Who's that over like, there? I'm what, sitting what, here, you yeah. know, dotting my T, dotting, yeah, yeah, yeah. dotting T's and crossing I's because I didn't know what else to do. You know, right? Like, I totally <laughs> messed it up, and just and trying to do all the equations, and I finally figured it out over time. But you know, it's it's not easy to wrap your head around it. It's first. not, yeah. Uh, and especially if you come from any kind of industry, it's more direct. Which about I think, sales. Uh, which I think Danny did. Yeah, is, is the I underlying. Think, I think thing he, didn't he say he came from insurance or something? I oh, believe. could be. Maybe yeah. he did. Maybe he didn't. Right. I don't remember. Fair right. enough. But you know, if you've come from any kind of other industry yeah, that's, that's just more of just direct. we made the product or mm-hmm. at the very least we're directly selling it to the people who are using it. It's a mm-hmm. whole different kind of angle. So let's talk about that. So how do you explain the the value proposition that comes with VARs in comparison to any other industries where maybe it's a much more direct relationship and you don't have these multiple layers? So what you know, what do you how do you explain that? How do you what do you emphasize there about the big key differences? Yeah, so you really have to conceptually understand the channel, right? That right. The, before you get into the key differences, you really have to get your mind around the fact that that, do. that, that does exist. That there is a, the sense of a value added reseller who is adding value to the chain uh, to the end user, which right. is wildly different than most other industries, right? I mean, you know, like if you're going to go buy a car, I'm going to go to the Ford dealer, right. And I'm going to buy it from Ford. Or yeah. if I'm going to buy that dealer may not have manufactured it, but it was you, there's a very tenuous the thin line between that and the manufacturing process. Hundred percent. It's you're not like I'm going to, to some dude somewhere else that that sells not only that car but other car. Actually, I guess there is a little bit out well, there now yeah. with like Carvanas of the world and stuff like that. But um, but, but they're anyway. still just but they're still just selling cars. They're, d- they're just selling cars. That's right. And and of course everybody understands retail and stuff like that. But but when you get into channel sales, it it is it is unique. It is a right. very unique thing. And value added reselling is very unique. You know as it plays out. You know not just MSPs and, and solution integrators and stuff like that, who all kind of play in this world, but a value-added reseller uh, is very, very different than end-user direct buying. Look, 
first thing you have to do is understand the fact that you that you're bringing value to the equation. That is right. the whole differentiator. And I'm going to use a comparison because this this will happen to you, uh, new var, <laughs> new yeah. uh, um, that's out there trying to sell. You are going to come across direct. Like you're gonna you're gonna be yep. competing against maybe even some of the lines that you're selling and their direct model right, because right. they'll have direct teams. Or you're going to be selling against a, maybe a competitive brand that has a direct model. So uh, first thing you need to do is, is, is to understand and leverage and promote an unbiased view. Let me, let me get into that because one of the biggest differentiators that you're going to have is the perception of an unbiased view. And here's mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. by that. If you're going into a competitive or, uh, situation or if you're going to be talking to any customer and just assume that they have researched you know, a product, might even be engaged directly with a particular manufacturer, right. that manufacturer is going to have a very biased view. Most value-added resellers have a breadth of solutions or at least a couple of solutions that they can bring to the table. And it's part of that unbiased view that I found when I worked for a reseller that was very much a differentiator. When I would walk in the door and and people would come up to me and say, oh, well, we were thinking about using this product. And I would say to them, hey, well, here's our experience with that product. It was great or it wasn't so good or here's where we had the issues. You're building that trust, right? As opposed to the salesman for that direct piece, I can guarantee you walked in with it was sunshines and rainbows and unicorns <laughs> the whole time. You know, yep. they're just, they're, yep. this is the best product in yeah. the world. Why would you even look? Yeah. So you have an unbiased view. You need to leverage that because there's really three things that differentiate a VAR, in my opinion. Uh, knowledge, experience, and services. So when you think about knowledge, right, you're bringing to the table hopefully knowledge that is broader than just that one product. Right. Uh, so again, if you're if you're competing or if you know that they're looking at a product, and I've got a use case that I'll get to here in just a second, um, then you can you can differentiate yourself by saying, oh yeah, we sell that, but we also sell these, or here's how the, these other products compare to that. Mm-hmm. So knowledge, you know, and your knowledge of of the solution, the overall solution is probably going to be better than the direct source or right. the direct means that somebody might be going to when they go directly to a manufacturer. Because again, it's going to be very skewed. The, the manufacturer probably doesn't have a holistic solution. We talk about holistic oh, yeah. solutions yeah. all the time. I mean, just they might are, have the which what you gig, but they don't have the who's or what's it. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, gone are the days of just walking in with one widget and saying, "Oh, this is the thing you need right, to buy." No, right. that widget connects to this, and absolutely. So you know the fact fact that the reseller has a more broader picture, this is what you need to have. This is the value that you're bringing to the, to the table. So the knowledge of, a, of the greater solutions, and we'll get into ecosystems and stuff like that here in just a second. Experience, right? Resellers have great ground level experience that is very difficult m- normally for manufacturers or anybody who sells direct to really compete with. Right. Like, Toe to toe, like they might have experience in you know certain aspects of the business, like an installation maybe, but the ongoing maintenance or other aspects of a of a solution over the lifetime of the solution, very rare that you run into a manufacturer that has that full scope. So you are bringing to the table experience, and you need to leverage that. Leverage the fact that you have the experience, that you have broadness of what you can bring to the table as well. Um, again, and most manufacturers aren't going to have that. And then finally, service. Right. I mean, most value added resellers, where do they get their value add? 
services that they're providing, right? right? So right. these are differentiators. Understand them, learn them, and then leverage them into the marketplace. That's the way that you're going to want to do that. So here's my use case. You know, I'm going to put on my reseller hat, and I know I've been taking the mic here for a while. No, no, you're fine. I'm going to take, uh, I'll put on my use case when I used to be a reseller. We sold digital signage uh, systems, and we started selling them a lot in healthcare entities. And we had the opportunity to go up against one of the major brands in, in the industry, a brand that sells today about $3.5 billion worth of displays. Wow. And they had a direct selling team. So we went into Christiana Care, which is one of the largest healthcare uh, uh, establishments on the East Coast. And it was us against this major manufacturer, right. who I'm not going to name because we distribute them. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and but so, at the time, they were the enemy. <laughs> and, and I worked for a very small reseller. And we had 20 people as our total team. Right. Um, but we're a value-added reseller in digital signage. And we had certain knowledge. We had certain experience. And we had services that we could bring to the table that made it at the end of the road. So Christiana Care was, was interested, obviously, in putting digital signage in the weight rooms and all kinds of stuff. Right. We showed them the programs that we had with other hospitals, how we manage their content, how we develop their content, how we work with third-party partners to do the installation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We had a very well, robust solution, whereas the competition, um, they they could, they walked in in their zoot suits or, well, anyway, their, their suits, <laughs> and, and they had a very... So this is the early 2000s, yeah, late right. 90s? Yeah. This is very, they had a very <laughs> polished look, and they could they could leverage their buying, you know, and, and offer them the world on the displays and stuff like that. Right, but right. But we ended up winning because of all the things that, all the aforementioned stuff, the experience that we brought forth, uh, the services that we had, these types of things. So... Again, when you take a step back and what differentiates a VAR, it's your experience that you're going to learn, Danny. It's the services that you provide, and it's the knowledge at the end of the road. Those are big things, and you got to make sure that you're coming across authentic and unbiased as possible. If you're if you're just walking in with a one-trick pony, like, oh, I got your answer, and your right, answer is right. this one solution, and you don't have like a good, better, best, or maybe some other options, even if you're not sincere about them, it's nice to say, well, I, oh, you want another option? Yeah, I got this other option over here, but it's not really for right, you. Right, right. You know, part of that game. So what do you think? I mean, those are some of my ideas around what... what no, this is this is exactly why I wanted... I mean, obviously, you were going to be on, on to have this conversation with me anyway, because you're on the podcast with me. Because <laughs> I'm here. This is why you I had show to, up. This I is why you had to be part of this, though, because, <laughs> you know, I, my five years of experience here in this channel have been on a wide variety of random stuff, and I'm still a million things I don't quite understand about yeah. it, and a million things that, you know, I could dive deeper into you obviously have had the hands-on experience you've you've been in that role right you've been embedded in this part of the channel you know this distribution part of it for a long time obviously mm -hmm. and, and you've had to tell this story many times over yep. Yep. and because a lot of people have this question and again i remember when i started you know i, I had a hard time explaining to my wife like what does yeah, blue so star what do is, what we do this yeah. like but why are you guys necessary and, uh, <laughs> now over time i figured it out i'm like oh we actually do have a very important function and people work with us for a reason yeah, yeah but yeah, again yeah. That, that can be hard to explain it can be oh, hard can be. from the var level too again you know like yep. wait a minute so you're buying something from someone who bought it from someone else and then you're selling it to someone else that's right and why you're, aren't they just buying it from the person that made it to begin with that yeah, they need? Because you're adding your experience, your knowledge, exactly. and your services and I on think top that's, of all that's of that. You, your, your use case there mm -hmm. made a very important distinction too about this is a channel, and these, and, and more importantly, in this IT channel, mm -hmm. the type of projects that our VARs get involved with, Absolutely. the type of things that we work on, yeah. are not, you know, it's not a grab and go type thing. No, it's not a mm -mm. here's a widget. Mm -hmm. Go play. Here's a barcode scanner. Here's mm -hmm. a mobile computer. Here's a printer. 
See you later. Heck Good you luck. Know. Unlike us, you know, in our personal lives, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't need, you know, multiple steps of, you know, uh, of, mm-hmm. of care and dedication in order to set up a router in my house. You mm-hmm. know, like That's I right. follow the instructions. I do what needs to be done. If I need some technical support, it's out there. But I didn't need a full team to come in and do this kind of That's stuff right. for me. That's right. That's exactly because right. Because I'm one yeah. person in one house yeah. with a very minimal you know, minimal little footprint that we're trying to accomplish here. <laughs> that's know? right. That's right. <laughs> At best, it's like, I think I installed two routers that cover a few rooms and that's it. You know, now <laughs> you didn't need the geek squad. No, to come exactly. In to that, so right? in this yeah. situation, but in these situations, and, and even if you're dealing with just a small mom and pop shop too, it's, it's never that simplistic. No. And no. You, typically the people that we work with also, they're not IT experts. That's the whole point of this. That's exactly right. You know, they, they need they somebody could, like they, they need could the go that route, right. Well, they they could, could go the direct route, but yeah. odds are, they're going to get that product and they're going to find a lot of frustration trying For to sure. figure out how to get it set up. For sure. Because they're not an IT person. Yeah. And that's fine. That's where we yeah. sit. But then, yes, but then you take, and then as you scale those projects up even further and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. they become so big mm-hmm. that if you don't have, yeah, that huge, that team that's got, you know, partnerships, that's mm-hmm. got services, mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. experience, that that can evaluate. And I, I really love that you pointed out this idea of, <clears throat> hey, as a VAR, you probably aren't married to just one vendor. That's right. You probably, maybe you've got some preferences or favorites and go-tos. Sure you do. But, you know, if someone is turned off by, well, X vendor, just not someone I like, used their products, didn't like them in the past, that doesn't rule you out. Oh, no. You can pivot and move over. Or or you can identify and be, like you said, be agnostic about it and say, look, I... I understand that, you know, this is not quite for you. I've got something else I can recommend that from another vendor Absolutely, instead. yeah. You got to, in order to have that unbiased view, you really do need a breadth of products. And you don't need a, this huge breadth, just right. a couple of them. Like when we yeah. were in digital signage, we had, you know, two, three displays that we could bring to the table. Right. Uh, two, three, four, maybe media players that are that our engineering team of like two or three. So we're not talking a lot of people. Right. But they were really comfortable with the OS. They, you know, they understood them. Uh, I think we were using HP media players back then. I mean, th- that was the one we led with. And and so that's awesome, right? But right. you also had other options, lower cost options or server-based options, or at least that's what we had at the time. So absolutely. I mean, you need to, to be able to do that because that's what people are looking for. And that's the value that you're bringing. So it, it's it's wildly different than any other kind of direct sales. Like if you're in yeah. insurance sales, right? I mean, you're comp- if you sell for Geico, you're up against, you know, Allstate and other yeah, ones, yeah. and you might be competing with them, but you but you're the person that you're selling to doesn't need a team of people to put that insurance policy together no. for you once and they're you buy probably, it. They probably only care about the cost. Let's that, be right, honest. Right, yeah. like, it, the, the val- well, right. There might be, you might have values there, but I think this is a kind of an industry where the value adds that we're talking about mm-hmm. move things so much further beyond just a price play. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I, and I think a lot of, you know, and, and you know, again, yours was a great example. And I think especially if you're dealing with a large project, there are plenty of these companies who may come in and they may come in the door and you can, uh, you know, Danny and any other new VAR listing, go back and listen to some of our old marketing episodes yeah, about right. creating demand and dealing yep. with, you know, you know, buying groups and stuff. For sure. There's lots of good content in there about how to deal with the situations. But in general, mm-hmm. when you go into those situations, there's going to be a little bit of bias that's already built in. You might think like, oh, they already have an idea about what they're trying to accomplish and what they want to do. And it's up to you to help kind of break those molds a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're not... If you're not willing to be diverse, if you're not willing to have that kind of, you know, openness to what you're what, what you're going to offer and lending some experience and showing them like we can do more mm-hmm. that's beyond just the price play. That's because exactly maybe that's right. what they think yep, yep. that they just want to find the lowest price. Yep. But then when you help them understand, 
well, you can get the lowest price from those folks, but you're not going to get all of this other stuff mm-hmm. from them. That's right. And That's you're right. going to find yourself more frustrated. You may have paid that lower price, but how much more time and money are you wasting trying to figure it out on your own That's right. without having all this other yeah. the, the other services yeah. that we have to now, offer? The unfortunate part of our industry is that you will, and Danny and others that are, that are new to this channel, you're going to have prospects out there that are going to mine you for information, yeah. and then they're going to yeah. walk away, yeah. and they're going to try to do it themselves, and they'll be back someday. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that, that, that definitely happens, right? right? I mean, you have the, the consultative sale. You're walking them <clears> through. <throat> you're, yep. you've, you've defined your value proposition. They, they're nodding their heads. You're educating them on all the pitfalls and all the issues and why the solution is the best, and then they're going to walk away from yeah. you. So that's going to yeah. happen, but that doesn't happen most of the time. Most of the right. time what happens is people are endeared to you because you are you are seen as an unbiased you know type of view that's truly bringing a solution that is a holistic solution that is broader than the narrowness that probably a direct sales is bringing uh, to the table, and you can really win that yep. way. That's how you, you know, win. And the last comparison I'll say on that, <clears throat> on that fact is like, let's say you go to a clothing store, mm. and you're looking for a certain item of clothing okay, or a certain thing. And you find what you like and you're like, yeah, I like this. And someone showed you, maybe an associate took you over there. They showed you, they recommended this, said it would be a good fit. Maybe even tried it on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, great. And then, marvelous. and then you, while they walked away for a few minutes, you got on Amazon or Walmart or whatever and found you could get it for like 30 <laughs> right. bucks cheaper. That's right. So you did that. Okay. This is not the same kind of thing though, it's because not. you can do that because yeah. at that point you've reached the end of any need for anyone else anyway. That's the right. transactional part of the, the relationship it's is just that it's at transactional that yeah. at that point yeah. exactly you yeah. just know like i just want to get this because mm-hmm. i know i like it mm-hmm. and i'm done and i'm just going to find the cheapest price mm-hmm. it's not the same way here this no. is not you know like you don't need you don't need in the store the person to come home with you help you try it on show you how to wash it uh <laughs> tell you how to properly hang it and store it and take care of it and maintain mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. uh you know like you don't need that or tell you when it's time to switch out and get some new wardrobe because you're out of style mm-hmm. that's not happening you don't need that person to do that but that is essentially what as a var your job then becomes I, hey like yeah i helped you pick this out but guess what i am going to follow you home <laughs> and help you put this in place get it started i'm going to tell that's you it. when i'm going to tell that's you right. when it's time to to upgrade i'm going to help you move, make the yep. next move when your yep. time there if you have problems you're going to be able to reach out to me like that's that's the big difference there. Mm-hmm. this is not a it's not a transactional sale it's a very much a relationship sale yeah and yeah you're going to encounter customers that are simply going to say nah I'm good doing this on my own. And maybe they are. It's possible. But I guarantee you, to your point, more often than not, it's not. And at some point, they will find their way to you. They're definitely going to call you back. And and here's the thing, too. I'll always say with that is, Mm -hmm. don't burn that bridge. If they do that to you, don't be like, well, screw you, I'm gone. (laughs) You know, just say, hey, no worries. All right, I'll check back in with you. And maybe a year later, you call Uh, them back and say, hey, how'd it go with blah, blah, blah. And you might find out at that point that, well, it's kind of a nightmare. You're tapping into a really good point here, though. Value-added resellers... Uh, re- need relationships. Yes. And that's how business continues to to go moving forward. Whereas if you're a sales guy for just a thing right. and you're just trying to get that sale, I mean, right? You yeah. know, we've all been there. The alpha person, guy or girl, doesn't matter. I'm not for the sale. You know, buy this from me. This right, is, right. And they're going to hammer you until you buy that thing right. from them. I'm thinking car sales now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to pick on them a little bit. But, um, <laughs> you know, that is not the case here. You right. Even if you walk them through the whole process, you've consulted with them, they went somewhere else, okay, 
you know, you still you, you need to be friends with them. You, you need to because that relationship yep. will yield in, in the future. I guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee it. Definitely. So Definitely. Uh, which is unique to this world. Yeah. Right. It is. I it mean, very yeah. much is. other other sales guys are like, oh, screw that. I lost that deal. You know, I hope I see them dead on the side yeah, of the exactly. road or something yeah. like that. Don't, don't, I could care less whatever happens to them. They're hoping yeah. their company fails and burns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, then you've kind of touched on this a little bit about the changes in the channel. Yeah. Years, obviously, yep. from yours. Mm-hmm. So you, you did work for Avar in the past. Yep. You obviously have this experience in yeah. digital signage. Right. What has changed? That's been what, maybe 15, 20 years ago? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's yeah, changed years between ago. then and now? Because I'm sure, you yep. know, some people, sometimes people think like that's not a lot of time. But I think in this channel, oh, a lot yeah. of stuff can happen over yeah. over just that amount of time. So what's changed since then? There's a lot of changes that are happening. I mean, when you think about the reseller themselves and the need to turn into a solution integrator, you know, that's that's broader that we talk about. Uh, I got four things that, that I'll bring to the table here. What's changed? The ecosystem, right? And we talk about partner assisting and the need to have an ecosystem of partners that you can bring to bear on any particular need or solution. Like, you're going to know your core, but you're also going to need to know the ancillary things that are around that, uh, that is different. You used to be able to walk in. I used to be able to walk in and just talk digital signage. If I was selling digital signage today, I would need to know back-end analytics. I would need to know content. I would need to know much, much more than just, oh, hang this monitor there. Uh, right. type of thing and run this software on it. Uh, even Here's even, the button to turn it on. Here's the button to turn it on. I mean, that's maybe the way we began, but there's no way that, that it's yeah. the way today. Yeah. So you need an ecosystem. What's what's helping that and what another thing that has changed in, in uh, the channel is vendors, uh, vendor enabling those who work in a channel-friendly environment. So I think the smart vendors understand now the whole idea around an ecosystem, the whole idea around enabling the partners, the whole idea that they are not usually just the single source of right, the solution. Right. They are a component in that. And so a lot of them, the smart ones, uh, have pivoted to a world where they have human resources on staff that are helping resellers through that ecosystem, right? right? I mean, right. we've talked countless, whether it's Elo, Epson, Zebra, Honeywell. I mean, they all have people that that help walk VARs through their ecosystem right, to right. help them develop. That never used to exist. I mean, you would have a one-to-one relationship maybe with a, a vendor rep, but all that vendor rep was trying to do, you know, am I going to make my number this month? Yeah, yeah. That type of thing. How much are you buying from me? Are, yeah. are you going to sell my products or not? Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. it. But but now, you know, they they vendors truly understand that they needed to pivot over to enabling resellers. And so that's out there. Yeah. Um, another thing that's changed in the marketplace are just the increased low-cost threats. I don't know of another way to put it, uh, yeah. you know, that especially in our industry here, when you get into a mature industry, uh, you know, when a when an industry is kind of growing, you've got a lot of margin uh, that you can make. Well, we're not there. You know, resellers, distributors, manufacturers are all making lower margins because of low cost products coming in. So, right. uh, or I even never, consumer products, if people try to or use consumer place. products, yeah. absolutely. So, I never really had to deal with that. And this is a little bit more specific to our industry. Uh, you know, there there's that increased threat now of low cost that that has really changed the channel. Yeah. Uh, and so, resellers have had to pivot to uh, what? How do I combat 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 that? How do I? What do I offer now from a monthly, you know, kind of as a service model to combat that? These are the types of things that I think that are really kind of uh, making a change in the marketplace. The last thing here uh, that I'll throw on there, and again, this is around a mature market. 
consolidation that's happening, consolidation on the reseller side, consolidation on the vendor side. Mm -hmm. It's a sign of a mature market. It's kind of the industry that we're in, uh, but that has changed a lot. There used to be a lot more manufacturers. There used to be a lot more resellers out there. Uh, especially at the top tiers, you know, the larger companies, there's been a, a significant amount of consolidation. Now, that's that's good news and bad news. I mean, there's still a marketplace. There's still a need. And, and the smaller resellers, I think, win when, they're, when they show how nimble they are and they can go in with tech stacks that are very sophisticated and can be uh, even more holistic than, than the initial solution maybe that they were brought in for. So there's ways to just leverage everything that I just said. Right. You know, the growing ecosystem, the fact that vendors are, are enabling their partners even more, the fact that you're going to be encountering low-cost threats out there, uh, everything that we just talked about when you're selling against an, a direct-to-model, uh, and then the consolidation is happening. All these things you can leverage to the good yeah. uh, if, if you just know that they're happening. So yeah. that's how I've seen the channel change. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't have too much to add that because <laughs> I haven't been in the channel as long as you have. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can say just from, again, like five years, five and a half years, as close on Alex, my experience is the consolidation thing is definitely something I've noted, yep. you know, was happening along the way. And then also, I think the only other one I really had, and maybe this was still, you know, prominent further back, but I feel like like software has become so much more prevalent. Yes. In the well, too. no, there's, there's, I mean, it's yes. just, just that there's so many, yes. there's so one, there's so many more ISVs, TSEs, yep. whatever you want to call them out yep. there in the market that are, are making the software play and, and then are also, you know, embedding themselves into the channel That's too, a because really again, good point. I feel like there's a lot of these software companies out there and we've seen it just grow with our tech connect program mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of them that were kind of like, well, we're doing our thing. We don't really need to be part of this whole channel thing. Yeah, right. But I think more and more of them and, just this last year at Vartech was a very clear example of that. Of Absolutely. Just the sheer volume of ISVs mm -hmm. that showed up mm -hmm. and wanted to wanted to be part of the Solution City, mm -hmm. wanted to present themselves at Tech Connect Live, were out there wanting to make connections with VARs, which tells me, like, hey, they're, really, they're recognizing that there is a place for them in the channel as well and that they want to be part of this channel. Mm -hmm. And again, part of this whole front-to-back solution mm -hmm. that a VAR is, is, is ideally going out there and selling. So I think that's been that's just something that's just a in, really really just good in the one. last five years has changed yep. quite a bit even from when I first started like mm -hmm. you know like we talked about software yep but like you know the size of our, that program compared to now and the amount of software vendors that we were regularly working with mm -hmm. has grown so much in just five yeah. years yeah 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 so. I mean to to give you the numbers I think in two thousand I'm not going to get my years right but I think it was two thousand nineteen there were a hundred thousand. Uh, ISVs in channel sales and channel sales are pretty big. Now you're, you're the umbrella is like all of IT, right, right. which is huge. Right. Um, and, and in just seven years, so 14, whatever, 2025 or so, uh, 2026, there would be a million ISVs. Wow. So from a hundred thousand to a million, uh, you know, that's 10 X yeah. of software companies coming into the space within a seven year period. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. There's just a lot more software, a lot more niche players. Right. And that's where a lot of when I think about millennials and Gen Z, where where the business is, it's in software. It's yeah. in good yeah. because software is a service. We're a very service oriented economy now here in the US and one of those services is software yep. and in and, and making software unique to a particular uh, a particular use case and so yeah. absolutely and I, agree I would venture that especially as we keep moving forward a lot of businesses companies entrepreneurs that are looking for an IT solution to some sort of a problem within mm -hmm. their business whatever that problem may be I would venture that a lot more of them now already and definitely as we keep moving into the future 
we'll start thinking first about what kind of software do I need for this mm. problem? What kind of application mm-hmm. can solve this problem? Mm-hmm. I don't know that too many of them are starting off thinking like, what kind of barcode scanner am I going to need? <laughs> what kind of digital signage am I going to need? I, yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Like, I think people, they'll they'll know they need that stuff. Like, you know, yeah. again, right, 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 right. I'm thinking like, let's say you're starting up a brand new retail establishment of some right. sort. And you're thinking, all right, I know I need a point of sale. Yeah, exactly. And I know that point of sale has to have cash drawers mm-hmm. and monitors and barcode Receipt scanners. printer thingy. Yeah. But are they, but is that where they're starting? Are they starting off with, how do I get all that stuff? Or are they thinking... Let's see. Here's all the stuff I need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. This is what my business is focused on. This mm-hmm. is how I want to go to market. This is mm-hmm. how I the kind of skews I'm 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 offering up and what I need to keep track of and the inventory control I mm-hmm. need to have. I would think a lot of them are starting off by talking about what is the point of sale broadly software, the customer management software piece first. And then once they figure that out, you build the hardware around it. So mm-hmm. again, if you're that person coming to them, helping mm-hmm. them figure out that part of it because you have those relationships. Mm-hmm. At that point, the hardware part becomes easy, I almost yeah. think. You oh, know? Yeah, it's just a matter of like, yeah. all right, what do you actually need your daily needs? And we'll yeah, sort yeah, that yeah. out. Yeah. And this is not my way of, you know, because obviously, you know, the hardware is a big part of what we do, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not my way of saying like that part is unimportant. Just that I, I think, again, as people that are more tech savvy and more used to, you know, when you think about what you got to do on your phone, you're mm-hmm. not thinking about... Do what? Yeah, I don't know. Like I know we all talk about like when a new iPhone comes out or mm-hmm, new Android mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you get into some people get into all the specs, <laughs> but at the end of the day, most people that are buying the phone just want to know like, can I get Facebook on it? That's right. Can I get what's, what's the, the battery life? Yeah, like? what's the battery yeah. life? Maybe that's on as technical. Can as I get they my get email on it? On it? Yeah. You know what? What apps can I put on there? You know <laughs> how does that cool that game I like to play look when I play it on there? Right. They're right. thinking about the stuff they do on it and mm-hmm. not the actual yeah. mechanics and deep dive specs of the device itself necessarily. Yeah, but if I could go down a path here because, you know, kind of getting to the first question there, what differentiates, what's the value prop for a reseller? I think you're tapping into it because like just your use case, hey, we're starting a new store or a new restaurant. We know we need POS, if we even know to call it that. We need a a cash register. We need whatever, right? But they don't know maybe all the ways in which it can affect their business and the back end and stuff like that. And yeah, they can go direct to a manufacturer or a software and see all the the fabs, you know, right. the features and benefits and stuff like that. But contextually, you're the one who's going to bring the context of, right, oh, right. you know, here's what it can do. What are you trying to do with your business again? All of this stuff is customized selling, right. right? That's what really makes VARs and this channel unique is that everything's customized to a certain yep. degree. Yep. You, it's rare to be able to walk and just pull off the shelf, oh, this is the solution I need. Exactly. Even, even the most... You know, one the ones that really try to home it in on just a specific niche type of a POS or something like that. There's still some customization that hasn't. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. completely yeah. agree. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, hey, let's see. We've been teasing this a couple of times here. We asked uh, several of our VAR partners at Vartech ah, this year. Yes. We, James Cordy brought some of them into the Blue Star booth, yes. sat them down, recorded some little interviews with them. Yep. A wide range of different questions. You know, just about their experience and mm-hmm. you know, what they've done. And one of the questions that he asked them was, you know, if you could do, if you were starting your company all mm-hmm. over. Most of these were executives and CEO and yep. high level folks. If you could, if you were starting your company all over again, what would you do differently? So first, let's listen to a few of those answers because even though you may not be the person listening, <laughs> that you know you're not the CEO, you're not starting a brand new reseller company. Right. This is still impo- relevant info to understand about you know how you might want to operate as far as being someone new in this channel and in this business. Or again, if you're a seasoned pro and you're bringing people in, understanding you know where some other folks feel like they might have done things differently. So mm-hmm. let's listen to a couple of those real quick. And, and today, especially hiring the right people is is the main in, in 
attribute that you have to go for. Lots of technology, a lot of good things out there, but people make the difference. Um, no. There, there is one thing I would do different, and that would be be more aggressive on with growth, but uh, the concept of the company, how we started, why we started, that would be the same. It's a kind of success, and that makes sense. In terms of being more aggressive with growth, what would that look like? Growing the team more quickly? Yeah, growing the, the sales team, engineering, support, etc. Yeah. Yes, I think my number one thing would, would be create more partnerships, work with other people. I kind of kept too many things close to the best, I, uh, and I should have really um, had more partnerships. But when I started 28 years ago, there were not Blue Stars, or I hadn't you know, really developed a relationship with the Blue Star. Now it's much more easier to do that, but back then it was much more difficult. Absolutely. I think th this is an unprecedented time these days that we actually have five generations in the workforce. Everything from the Gen Z all the way up to the traditional. So if anything that I would do differently, I would probably have the management team that I would hire. Probably go through a lot of maybe seminars and understanding how each generation works with each other to understand that maybe what one person's saying isn't really offensive. You know, versus someone else who's uh, who thinks it's offensive. So, 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 and move right into culture. I would think that would be the number one thing I would do if I'd start. With. I love that. All right, uh, that was good stuff. That's I, really I, good stuff, I, right I, there. I, I like a lot of what we heard there. There's, there's, there's four distinct. We had four different ones here. Those are, those are some really like those guys know what they're talking they, about. They, they were. They've they been were in not. The they were not the kind time. of answers I expected because I think you know you ask a question like that and you think some people are just going to say like, well, I wish I'd you know, <laughs> yeah. wish I'd gotten on board with you know Apple sooner or something like I don't know you know like, like yeah. you, you almost expect a kind of flippant <laughs> answers. Yeah, right. And these answers no, were these all. Guys, yes. They were very well nuanced. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so the four that I pointed out, we had one basically talking about hiring the right people. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which again, if you're listening to this because you're a new VAR, hopefully you are that right person that they've hired. That's right. If you're a veteran and you're thinking about people, I think it's obviously important to think about having the right people. What does that actually mean? Yeah. Uh, well, we, can we pause on yeah, that go one? Ahead. Because if you're a new reseller, I mean, that, that this is really, really important. Like, I, I think your point is absolutely valid there. You are just hired on because you are going to be part of the value proposition, right? right? Exactly. And so understand that. You might be a newbie today, and I totally get it. I mean, you know, even though I came from a reseller, when I started at Blue Star, I'm like, oh, I know what Blue Star does. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea what <laughs> right, the nuance right. of this channel. And so it's going to take you some time. It'll take you six months. It'll take you a year. It's going to take you some time to understand how you fit into the value proposition. But it's really important, you know, when they talk about hiring good people, you know, these are, yes, this is a business owner telling you that, hey, from a reseller's perspective, the people that I have are some of the most important, if not the most important thing yep. that my business has. Yep. Realize that you are a cog in that wheel and do your best to to achieve and execute uh, accordingly because everybody else is dependent on yeah. it. You're helping yeah. create so. the very relationships. And yep. the, you, again, you are a part of that value-add proposition. That's it. And ideally, you know, if you're whether you're hiring or you've been hired, it's because you're someone that 
that they're trusting and hoping is going to yep. be that person. You got the chops. Yeah. You learn the chops maybe somewhere else. Insurance, exactly. selling cars, yep. doing something else. That's the way we look at it. When we look at people that we're hiring on, dude, nobody has worked for an electronics distributor <laughs> in Cincinnati. It just it doesn't happen, right? Exactly. And so, or now that we're hiring even broader, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We're looking for the skill sets, right? And then we'll teach you the channel and we'll teach you the value add distrib- distribution proposition that we have. Resellers are no different. Right. They'll teach you the world, or their world, if you will, but they're looking for certain skill sets. Yeah, so definitely. yeah, that's what you're bringing. Next comment said they wish they'd been more aggressive with growth. How did you take that? Like, what, yeah. How do you feel no, about that? No, this is a brilliant one because, and I'll connect it right to the, to the reseller, the sales guy who's working now for a reseller. What that means is you're going to, eventually you're going to get really comfortable with your solution sets. Right. You're going right. to understand what you have. You're going to be able to do the talk. You're going to be able to walk the walk and do those types of things. You are going to be in, in conversations where somebody's going to propose something to you uh, and you maybe don't have the authority to say yes or no, but you do have the authority to say, you know what, let us think about that. I'll try to come back to you with a solution. Go right, back to the right. office, talk to the powers that be, push them a little bit to grow into different areas. So growth, a lot of times, especially in resellers, comes from the bottom up. At least yep. the, the resellers that are successful at navigating and evolving, it's a bottom-up type of environment, right? The, it's the people at the top that understand, well, maybe I'm not connected to the day-to-day what's happening, actually ground level mm-hmm. with the troops on the ground, mm-hmm. if you will. And so those that listen to that feedback are going to be able to navigate. And ultimately what you're looking for here is aggressive growth comes through an ecosystem. So maybe you got to go out and find a new partner to solve this niche thing that this prospect or customer is looking for. So yep. you have to be open-minded to that and be aggressive when it when it comes to it. If you're going to have an aggressive, aggressive. growth... Be, be aggressive. There you, well, I didn't know there was a cheer for um, it, but... I get, sure. I don't know where I heard that. <laughs> hey, I have no idea where that came from, but right, it's but, somewhere embedded in my brain. But, you know, make sure that you have that. It's a great disposition right, to have. Right. You know, aggressive growth is is a great disposition to have uh, and to push the envelope a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot every year, but if you're pushing a little bit every year, you're doing good things. Yeah. All right. I could not have said that one any better myself. There you go. That's like, that, it was an interesting comment, and I was curious what your take was. That yeah. Was gonna yeah, be, yeah, and yeah. That yeah, was yeah. right in line there. Yeah. Uh, the next one said more partnerships. Well, dude, does that not just Which fit I mean, right into our world? world? Yeah. It was so nice to hear him say that because, you know, here we are, we're like up on our soapbox, more (laughs) partnerships, ecosystems. Not to mention he said it at Vartec, which is the whole goal of that is to bring people together to develop partnerships. It's like, oh, you're here for the right reason. Okay, great. You're not just here for the food and drink. Okay, cool. Good stuff. Uh, And then the last one, which I thought this was a fun one too, because we've had a lot of conversations about related to this over time. Yeah. Generational workforce training and Mm -hmm, culture. mm -hmm. I specifically like how he framed this, not just the idea of, Having a diverse workforce, which mm-hmm. obviously is is important, and it's sure. Again, I think if you want to go to market and be able to work with any different type of customer in any situation, mm-hmm. having a diverse workforce is going to help help you do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also the fact that he specifically called out the idea of I would love to have like my executive team or have executives that have been through training about understanding different generations and different cultures and mm-hmm. different ideals and philosophies on work and being able to represent and work with all of those. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, that's the kind of converse, that's the kind of thing you don't hear someone at a high level say mm-hmm. an acknowledgement that like, look, you know, our, my generation or with certain generations are getting older and eventually are on their way out. Younger generations have come in. We've got Gen Z working alongside everybody mm-hmm. now who has maybe potentially different philosophies, different attitudes, different you know ideas about how to go to work and do the work. It's important that we pay attention to 
who they are and what they believe too, and not just Absolutely. not try to mold them to what we've always done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought I, it was great, excellent advice. It's one of those things that you don't really think about a lot, uh, but when you're when you're a reseller and when you're selling for a reseller. Uh, you're going to come across all generations, yeah. whether it's the people that you're working with or the people that you're trying to sell with or the people that you're trying to partner with. Yep. Uh, having a, a broader understanding of the generations and how they react, uh, it's interesting. Five different generations. So I, I agree with Ed. You know, it, it look, I mean, when you think about it, that's, that's a lot of different perspectives on life. Oh, yeah. Gen, <laughs> the baby boom generation thinks a lot differently than the Gen <laughs> Z. So, I mean, it's, it, but it's but it's important to know that all those are in the equation. Really, yep. really yeah. insightful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So that, that was good stuff. Um, I, you know, now, Danny asked in particular, one of the big questions he asked in particular of us is what verticals that we would focus on as a newbie. Yeah. So in particular, he wanted to know what, you know, what our thoughts were on that end. Is there's are there you know, places we should be focusing? Like, so again, let's say you are that reseller that has yep. a pretty diversified tech stack. Maybe you, you know, you can sell into retail, supply chain, healthcare. You, you know, you're a little fairly limitless, or at least Dude, not, I wish I had that crystal not, ball. <laughs> not bound. Yeah. So, you know, where would you devote your time and energy? I mean, do you have a suggestion well, I, here? You know, it, it, this one was a little hard for me to answer. So I'm going to break it down into different technologies because I think it, it matters, at least in what we distribute. It's a little bit different. Right. Like, right. So I got buckets of ADC, POS, or digital signage. Okay. Uh, and there could be other buckets. So we'll just stay with the, t- the big two, ADC. Uh, and POS, you know, on the ADC side, I really think that that manufacturing is going to make a resurgence, and yeah. so there's a lot of work around manufacturing, whether it's the back of house WMS or it's the logistics portion of it. Uh, I think manufacturing is, is definitely an area that I would look into. Anyone that's around, uh, you know, my area, uh, I would I would be diving into that and trying to propose solutions to those folks uh, because, you know, if they're successful, if they're manufacturing today, it's only going to continue to grow. And by the way, these are typically the people that don't w- really invest in that. These are going to be the Excel people. You right, know? Oh, right. no, yeah, we track yeah, everything. Yeah. It's on this Excel sheet <laughs> clipboard right here that we, right? So they're the ones that are most desperately in need of kind sure, of Sure, some... I know where that um, that piece of equipment is. Johnny yeah. checked it out. <laughs> Four days ago. Wait a minute, I can't read haven't, off that smudge. Haven't, haven't yeah. seen him since. I don't know. I haven't know. seen him since. I'm sure he still got it. I got a unique one. Real estate. So, you know, real estate on the commercial side, not a great place to be in right now, but construction is going to continue because we yeah. have a housing shortage that yep. ain't going yep. away. Yep. I mean, they're, everybody's trying to figure out what do we do with this commercial space? We got to need to convert That's it a good one. to like places where people live. So look at the construction chain. Uh, you're going to have companies that need efficiencies along yeah. the way. There's a lot of waste in construction. I don't know if you've ever gone by a construction site. I mean, there's waste everywhere. Oh, they, got, yeah. they got big bins that just, yep. you know, take waste away. So anyway, there's a lot of efficiencies that can be that can be had there. You should dive into that. Uh, two more for you. Trust, trucking and logistics, that ain't going away. Uh, you know, our need to move products around, whether it's, you know, on the aggregate from, you know, getting stuff off of ships and, and traveling to the last mile. There's there's a lot of need for uh, just basically logistics. And then finally, healthcare. I mean, people, we've talked about it ad nauseum here. I know it's a little bit of a niche getting into right, healthcare, right. but... Uh, there are opportunities as these healthcare systems expand and things of that yep. nature. There are little unique areas where you can dive in and through some partnerships really get some and good And it wins. isn't going anywhere. We're not going to stop getting sick. We're not going to stop aging. Yeah, so Sorry. I'll stop on ADC. What do you think? Uh, or you want me? Because I only no, have go really... Go ahead a, with the other. Because so mine's only, a little more general than yours anyway. Is it? So, okay, so yeah. on the POS side, retail is not dead. 
you know, I, I don't think it's dead. The, the, the uh, statistics will show you that people are still shopping in stores. It's going to come back. Uh, that's going to be a necessary part. I mean, you know, when you when you think about it, we have some very large customers who put in some maybe some of the largest customers in the world that, that are very good adept at e-commerce and delivering stuff to your house. Right. Um, they're starting to see their business slow down yep. and retailing is picking back up. So there's right. still, people still love to go out and shop and see things and kick the tires and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I that's definitely an area that I would be interested in. And then finally on the POS side, in your tech stack, you've got to understand how QR codes and payment is kind of revolutionizing things. I think that that's yeah. how people are mostly going to be paying in two, three, four years down the road. So make sure you have that in your tech stack. Yep. Like the software that you're distributing or that you're reselling, I'm sure they maybe already do. If they don't, you need to start looking at those partners because yep. I don't know the last time you went to a restaurant. I mean, just about every restaurant I go to now, I get the receipt and that's cool. Right. There's a QR code yeah. right there. I yeah. can just pay for it right there at the table, boop, yep. beyond my so way. My, my favorite thing, if I see that, I'm always, I'm, I'm just giddy. Makes giddy. Me, makes me yeah. appreciate that Why? restaurant that much more. Exactly. Yeah. Scan, boom, 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 done, yeah, exactly. and, and out the door. So you, you got to have that in your tech stack. So anyway, those are those were some areas that I thought, okay. you know, some Good newbie. Stuff. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of went down that route because I, same as you, I was kind of like, man, this is a hard question to answer. Because it is. It can all... There's a lot of variability there, but well, I'm looking you, up SIC codes, and I'm like, holy, shit, how do we <laughs> yeah, answer exactly. this question? But you, yeah. but you made a good you made a good point about how you know there's there is opportunity out there within some of these mm. these subsects. Mm -hmm. I got even a little bit more general, and really, my biggest advice probably is to really attack any industry where stagnation means elimination. Ooh, so if you're nice. if you find a company and you know if these folks keep doing it the way they've always done it their business is going to go away. Mm. They're going to lose to other businesses mm. that are doing it mm. the new way or mm -hmm. that have innovated, that have adapted this technology. Hmm. Supply chain, I think, is a, is a perfect example. Manufacturing as well. Okay. Because, yes, you're right. There is the great opportunity, the fact that, like, manufacturing is not going anywhere. In fact, it's ideally going to start growing, especially mm -hmm. here in the U.S. That's right. You know, as we try to, you know, onshore more stuff again. Yep. Supply chain, we all know there's been issues with that, so there's a constant yep. need to well, figure out how to evolve that. Well, that's in the supply chain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. I mean, but, you know, if you get, like, warehousing distribution, I guess, yep. oh, you know, gotcha. transportation, right, 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 right. whatever you want to get into on that side of it in particular, you know, again, the need is still growing and everyone's still trying to sort it out. But those are also industries I look at and say, if you're not evolving, if you're not making these changes, if you're not adapting new technology, if you're not mm -hmm. figuring out new methods for processes and, you know, faster pick ship, faster, you know, more insight into what's happening on a shop floor. If, if companies that aren't doing that mm -hmm. are the ones that are not going to exist yeah, in another exactly. 20 years. Yeah. So that makes it even better for you to be able to the person to go in and have that conversation mm -hmm. and explain them like, look, this stuff is happening. And I know you guys like what you're doing, but I can assure you, your business probably won't still be around. You don't have to be a jerk about it, but like, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe at least have that conversation. Like, Leave you, the Grim Reaper yeah, exactly. costume like, in you know, the car. Like, so, you know, what, you know what's going to happen in 20 years when everyone else is doing this and you aren't, you yeah, know, like right. that's a good way to kind of pivot into that conversation. So yeah, I think yeah. if you're looking for that, those kind of companies and industries, that's probably a good place to start because at some point the need is going to be there mm -hmm. unless they just, you know, are, don't care and like, eh, <laughs> We're fine. Well, I'm going to be dead in 20 years anyway. So, you know, the business could end then too. It doesn't matter to me. Most likely they're going to be making that shift at some point. And yeah, even right. if they're not ready for it now, at least mm -hmm. you having the conversation mm -hmm. will make you hopefully as someone they rely on when they come back later. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I'd add also is, you know, if obviously anywhere that you can look for recurring revenue opportunities, you know, if there's any chance that you have know, any industry where you feel like 
getting embedded with them and offering solutions to them that they'll consistently need to either have some kind of subscription model and granted, you know, that, you know, that's a whole different level and story. We might get into that here in a moment too, mm-hmm. but you know, if there's, if there's opportunities for that, make sure you're looking for those opportunities. And that's the kind of business you should be looking for, especially out of the gate where you can maybe hopefully set up some kind of a foundation for yourself as a new yeah. bar and for exactly. your business or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you may have some of that stuff already existing yep. with whatever accounts yep. you were given yeah. anyway. Yeah, 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 and then the last thing I think I would, I would add is just look into industries that you like. Mm. Stuff that interests you. It's always better to sell into somewhere where it you is. have a, a little exactly. bit of a passion Exactly. If you have that ability, if, if, yeah. if you have the ability, like if you're out there and you're, you know, Danny, it sounds like maybe you're interested in figuring out like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. If there are industries that excite you, yeah. that you're interested in what they that do. That makes it so much easier. Go talk to them because yeah, you're going <laughs> to, one, ideally you probably know a thing or two about them already mm-hmm. because you're already very invested. Maybe it's something either you worked in in the past mm-hmm. or just a business you're fascinated by, you're yeah. interested in what they're doing. Yeah. You might be pretty knowledgeable about them already anyway. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, that goes a long way when you can go to someone. You don't have to know everything about a business to sell no, to them right. or work yeah, with them. Yeah. But when you can walk in the door and already know a little bit about who they are and what they do and understand mm-hmm. their day-to-day work, mm-hmm. that goes a long way. And if it's if, if you're excited about it, that comes out in your your discussions and your yep. presentations. Yep. Yep. And it's and it's that you know, can have a yeah. It's that can just have a it's just a great impact. place to start. Just you know, For like sure. go chase chase down business that you want to work with, people that you enjoy and things yeah. that yeah. that you like doing. I mean, there you well, go. Why don't make work miserable? for yourself you know <laughs> uh, go knock on the door of your favorite sports team or go knock on you know right yeah <laughs> there you go yeah, yeah exactly yeah they need solutions exactly yeah uh all right so let's let's talk about blue star a little bit. let's toot our own horn for a few minutes here all we don't right, normally sir. advertise ourselves no, a lot, yeah, but right. obviously this conversation is all about adapting to the channel yep. and we have a place in the channel so yep. let's talk about the you know where where do blue star f- fit into this conversation how do we help out <laughs> new vars whether it is um mm-hmm. the actual new company or someone mm-hmm. working for a VAR mm-hmm. to get them acclimated and ready to succeed. Yeah. So acclimations, you know, one of those things that it's a little bit difficult to do. So I got four things that I'm bringing to the table uh, from a Blue Star perspective that we're all very, very proud of. Number one is support structure. You know, you're going to need a support structure. Blue Star prides itself on the fact that we have one-to-one relationships with our sales reps and their customers. So you VAR, listening right, to this, right. you have a specific sales rep at Blue Star. Which hopefully you like and you get along with. <laughs> if you don't, we can make we can make changes. But anyway, yeah, let us know if you don't. Yeah. No, absolutely, let us know because we'll. we'll, we'll but that is a differentiator right. for us. That's not right. the the case in in other places where they can choose to to elect to buy product. Um, it is it's different. But not only is it the sales rep, we have the people behind the scenes through our BDMs, our product managers that are a part of our marketing team. We've got industry specialists that, that, that can bring to bear lots of information and knowledge that I was talking about earlier you know sometimes you don't know everything but if you have a group of people around you that do and can talk about it um, there you go so support structure is one of those things that that we help and can get those resellers acclimated so start with your rep if you need to we've got other resources human resources uh, that can help right we talked about our tech stack I'm so glad that the, the, the the one individual talked about partnerships and the need for that Dude, we've got Tech Connect. We've got a whole program around enabling ISVs and bringing them into the ecosystem and connecting them to resellers, yep. connecting them to hardware manufacturers. So if you have a need, start out with your rep. Reach out to your rep. Ask them the question. Hey, I'm looking for a point of sale and dry cleaning. 
dude, we've got somebody in our program that, that specifically does that. So yeah. it doesn't matter how niche you get. We've got over 3,000 ISVs loaded up in our program, and we can help you navigate that. That's how we – You can. how do you get acclimated? Start understanding and vetting who are some of the people that, that do provide these solutions. What are these parts and pieces of the puzzle that I'm going to have to pull together to make that happen? Yeah. And we can help you there. Uh, another thing that we bring to the table is financing. I know that uh, one, one of the most difficult things for resellers to understand is when the relationship with the distributor is, okay, like you just pick, pack, and ship product to me, right? Yes, but we also provide financing, which is one of those things that if you're in sales, you know, understand the fact that, that Blue Star can help. We have a myriad of financial programs that can help through our hybrid SaaS, uh, or whether it's you know traditional leasing, or whether it's just an increase in your credit line, those types of things. That's what that's what one of the major value adds that a distributor brings to the channel is financing capabilities. So right. get acclimated with the money side. I know the money side could be very boring, especially <laughs> to like you know when you're a sales rep and you're an alpha and stuff right, like that. Right. Go, I don't want to worry about the details. Yeah. I got ADD and I'm just running forward. <laughs> It's important to have a baseline knowledge of the financing. And then finally, how do we help ours? Education. We do events. We do this pod. We do. We have a tech university up on uh, on uh, Blue Star Nation that you can go to. And you can learn a little bit more about things. So there's an education piece that we bring to the table that that's very unique uh, that we can help support you again through events, through things like this, uh, through our tech university. Just a lot of ways that we can help tap you into education so you you get that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We're, we're big believers in the Novar is an island. <laughs> Novar is an island. You no, absolutely. You do it on your own. And here's the best part also. We've said this in other episodes. We don't ask for credit. No, we don't we, care. We'll make you look good. We want you to look really good. We'll make good. you look smart. Absolutely. We'll make you look like you knew it all from the start. Yep. Even though, even if we're the ones that told you all about it. That's right. And we won't take the credit. Yeah. We'll yeah. let you, we'll let you have that. All hey. we ask is just, you just buy the stuff from us. Well, and let us help you out, and and we'll and you and it's all you. There's no better use case to that than our Appware program, where we do end user demand generation for resellers. So if you're a yep. newbie to this, by the way, pro tip number one: uh, some of your vendors out there have dollars that they can allocate towards you to run programs, run end user demand. So who doesn't like getting leads and opportunities coming into them? Uh, that's one of the areas yeah. that we shine. We can help with. We take none of the credit. We just want our resellers and partners to look the best they possibly exactly. can uh, through the. End user demand generation. We yep. do. Yeah, it's cool. I agree. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up here, any yeah. other little nuggets of advice for a new VAR that we haven't Dude, mentioned Dude, we yet? tapped on a lot of them here today, but I'm going to be introspective. So if you are a new reseller, you're new to a reseller, here's the last piece of advice I would get to give to you. Get to know all the people that you're working with. Uh, when you walk in the door and you have the knowledge, the experience, and you're, and you're going into a sale or whatever, know all the people that are behind you because it's good to tell that complete story. It's good to know the Brandon that is in your engineering department who's going to be working on you know, customizing the software right. and telling a story about his kids or whatnot. It's going to be really important to know who the accountants are because of ultimately who's paying the bills and, oh, yeah, I get Sandy over here, she's good, and here's... You get to know the people that you're going to work with because that'll that'll make you feel much more comfortable about the solutions that you're bringing. Your yep. value add proposition, by the way, is not just you as a human. It's the it's the, it's the whole team behind you. So get to know them. There's yep. my last piece of advice. All I add is um, you mentioned earlier. You know, one of the blue star <clears throat> values is you know with the educational stuff that we bring. Yeah, right. I think in general, it's always smart to keep up with what's happening in the industry. Oh yeah, keep for up sure. with trends. Keep up with the mm -hmm. tech. Keep up with innovation. 
you know, subscribe to the newsletters, listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this, obviously mm-hmm. you're already on a good track right there because you're going to be hearing about a lot oh, of you're, you're genius already. Yeah. You yeah, hear, yeah. you hear about all trends, <laughs> you hear about topics, you, you, you know, what's happening in the industry. That's right. Watch videos, subscribe to stuff. What And, and look, I've said this before and it's okay. If you're the kind of person that doesn't like to consume work content outside of work, fine. Mm-hmm. It is okay in my mind. And I'm hopefully your boss would feel the same way to absorb this kind of stuff and do this kind of research and absorb content while you're working. Mm. You know, if you want to take an hour out of your day a few times a week to listen to a podcast or to do some deep dive research or some, you know, read up on stuff, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine anyone's going to fault you for that if it makes you better at presenting solutions, makes you better at finding, you know, opportunities, Mm -hmm. makes you better at understanding what's happening in the channel Mm -hmm. and in all the various industries that you work in so that you're better equipped to sell them. So don't hesitate to do that. The only other thing I'll add is don't be someone who's afraid to, one, ask questions mm-hmm. of anyone you need to ask those questions. That's of. right. And you kind of mentioned that, like having your team oh, together. Yep. And two, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Oh, right. A lot, of, And I know this is a salesperson thing because I've been in sales <laughs> and you have a hard time. You one, can't say I don't have the salespeople answer. Salespeople have a hard time doing three things, asking for business, accepting <laughs> no, and saying, I don't know. Yeah, right. And I'm going to tell you the I don't know one is one that's an easy hurdle to get over it because- is. It is okay to tell someone that you're working with, like, yeah, you know I what? Know. I don't have the answer for that, but, but I have an amazing partners, you know, right. and you can rattle off who they are. You don't have to. Again, mm-hmm. you can just say, like, but I'm going to do the research and I'll get back to you on that. That's I'll, right. I'll be yeah. back in touch before the week's out or whatever. And and then you call up your Blue Star account manager. Yeah. You reach out to one of our BDMs. There you go. Connect with your vendor rep. Boom. Whatever it is, get the answers. Go back. Look like a genius. Again, I love it. we won't ask for the credit, but don't be afraid to, to take yeah. that step back because- yeah. I think, you know, a great part of a value-added relationship is being able to sometimes step back and say, you know what, mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers, mm-hmm. but I know how to get all mm-hmm. the answers mm-hmm. for you. I think that sometimes that's that what a, solution, a lot more credence to yeah, it. Absolutely. To that's yeah. what a solution partner is doing, right? I mean, there's exactly. there's pieces mm-hmm. of the puzzle that maybe you don't have the answer, but you're going to find out, yeah. and you're going to vet it, and you're going to come up with the best solution yep. possible. Because if go. you were if you had enough knowledge and ability to just answer every single question, or every single part of every single IT project, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't need to be part of the channel. You just are doing it all yourself, you know? <laughs> Well, it gets back to. I mean, maybe you have, you're stagnant. Maybe you, maybe, yeah, that was the stagnant. You, but you think you know everything? You're stagnant, nah, dude. You don't know stagnant. anything. Yeah. All right. There's hey, your sign. There you go. <laughs> There's your sign. All right, Danny. I hope we helped you out here. We got a little bit more in our value of the bar section for maybe some of our experienced bars that yeah. have been listening to this mm-hmm. as well. But hey, you know, to our point here. Danny submitted an idea That's to right. the show. Yes. We're always talking about this. Danny took us up on it. Yep. He started listening to the show said, hey, I'm going to ask these guys for some advice about being a new VAR. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Here we are a few weeks later, yeah, boom. a whole episode around it. It's that simple. Yep. So if you have ideas for the show, we want to hear from you, please. So first of all, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, if you want to make a comment, ask about something there, have an additional question, mm-hmm. drop it down there. If you're you know, listening on a podcast of your choice, if there's any opportunity to rate and review, please do that. It's helping to get the word out for the show and it lets us know that you like what you're hearing here. But if you do want to connect with us and tell us your ideas, one, there's always a link in the show notes where you can submit your ideas for the podcast. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is send in an idea to us, even if we do not end up using it for the show. Doesn't something matter. Something simple that we can just answer via email and don't You're need to do You're still getting episode. a shirt. That's We're right. still going to give you a Tech Connect podcast t-shirt. That's right. Ask Danny. He'll show you. It's a nice shirt. Because <laughs> uh, all, we all know each other, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you, if you want to reach out to us in other ways, you can always find us on Twitter at Tech Connect Pod. You can also email us. Tech Connect at BlueStarInc.com. 
All right, let's get things wrapped up here. First of all, with our value to the VAR segment, this is usually our way of wrapping up the conversation with a takeaway for our audience. Obviously, this has all been about our audience. But I mentioned at the beginning that this is a good conversation for Mm -hmm. someone, even if you've been in the industry for quite some time. So let's think about those established veterans. Mm -hmm. Why is it important for them to think like newbies and understand what newbies are going through, what they have to consider? And maybe even just like our folks that we interviewed at VARTEC, have maybe ask yourself that question from time to time mm-hmm. or ask other people mm-hmm. around you, what would we do differently if we started all over again? Why do you think that's important? Well, because if you're not asking that question, you're probably in a rut. Yep. And a rut is not a really good place to be in business because you might be able to get away with it for a little while, but it's not going to last a, a long time. So uh, y- you're definitely going to want to do that. And that's why I think it's important to have that perspective and to ask those questions. You know, you're going to want to connect with what is happening today, yep. what is going on, and what's going to be happening. You know, these are really important things to ask. If you've been a veteran in it and you think you're in, you're in your comfort zone, I get it, right. you know, because I've been there before, right? I mean, there's been times in my life it's like, oh, man, I'm really comfortable with this. I got it. I understand what's going right. on. And then I'll have that meeting where I lost, the, you know, a, live, a, a longtime customer. It's like, damn, what just happened? You know, a, a type of thing. Yep. Well, I got complacent. I, you know, I was in a rut, whatever. So make sure that you're not that you're not there. Right. That you're not getting into that uh, type of a position. You know, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have very little data to that. I, I completely agree. <laughs> like, don't let yourself get into that rut. Don't assume that you know everything there is to know. And I mentioned this at the top of the show also. You are always bringing in new people, I'm assuming. If you're mm-hmm. someone who's an established vet, mm-hmm. whether you're in a management role or you're just someone who's a longtime vet and maybe you're probably leaned on to help coach and mentor and train new folks I was just about to go in, there, the mentor path, yes. Don't, yeah, that that's where you need to understand their point of view 100%. as well. You need to understand how coming into this industry now is yeah. a very different experience for them than it was for you. So you got to think like a newbie, right? Exactly. What is a newbie coming into this industry? No, it's, it's like your obligation to think like that and to mentor those that are coming into your world now exactly. and helping you. I, I'm glad and you tapped in And I'll in add on one extra layer there too, which is don't be afraid to be open to looking at things from a new perspective like oh, for sure. as well. For sure. So they come in and they're yeah. like, well, why don't we do this this way? And you might Don't yourself, cross your yeah, arms right. and go, no, we've always done it the other way. <laughs> if you're doing that, you're probably, one, sending a bad example to them, yeah, and two, that's not potentially cutting yourself off from something that could help you out too. <laughs> So Good stuff. Don't, don't act that way. Good stuff. All right. We're going to wrap up our show, as always, with What's Tech Connecting With You? This is our fun segment where we get to talk about anything from the world of science, tech, innovation yep. that has our attention, caught our eye, maybe is terrifying us. Theology uh, starters Nothing always. too terrifying. Nothing I, terrifying this week. What's no, no, Tech Connecting With You? I got two you? of them, though. Uh, I just stumbled across this. You know, what is the best day to head back to the office, right? So we're, uh, most of us are getting into this, this world of hybrid world. Right. I just thought I'd float across. Maybe you and I have talked about this, but what are the days of the week that, that, that now they've quantified it, by the way, okay. office okay. occupancy rates. What are the days of weeks that people are going back to work? I think you had mentioned that it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Most people were doing middle of the weeks. And staying at home on either end of the weekend. Bingo. Right. So most people have gone to, if you're in a hybrid, you're either doing two or three days a week. 
the the highest occupancy days right now are Tuesday and Wednesday. Forty seven percent is the is the peak of occupancy on those particular days. Um, Thursday's coming in a little under that at forty four percent. Monday would be your other day, would be your fourth most popular day. Only about thirty nine percent occupancy there, which no duh. Right, and then right. to nobody's surprise, the day that nobody's in the flipping office, Friday. Right. Friday is seeing about twenty five percent occupancy. <laughs> so there you have it. You know, if you were wondering where you fit in in your hybrid world, you know, right. and and I I've got anecdotal evidence of that because when I come into work, you know, and I come in varying points every day during the week. Right. Dude, traffic on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, bad. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it's full up pre-pandemic and worse than that. Right, but if right. I come in on a Monday, boom, I'm zipping right in. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. there's that. And the that, lesson there is, too, is like if if you want a nice, quiet office, maybe come in on Friday. Oh, absolutely. If you're not someone who needs, who wants all the hustle yeah. and bustle and just wants to get but to work. But you still have to check the box that you got to be there. Yeah. Go in on Friday. There you go. There's your pro tip of the day. Okay. Mondays and Fridays. Um, all right, so the other the one that, that rung with me is it's a small headline. Architects use AI to imagine living buildings. So uh, the reason why I was interested in this, remember at Vartech, we used Midjourney, yep, which yep. is an AI uh, right. that, that illustrated, if you give it prompts, words, and we've talked about it on the show before, like you, know, you could say whatever, you can prompt it, um, uh, uh, whatever beach ball on the earth, on the moon being bounced around a volleyball court, and, right, and right. the AI will take those words and then try to draw that right. picture. So they're using it in architecture, and they're and they, they've prompted it with what would it what would it look like to live in a living building? <laughs> and when you think, I know for those of you listening <laughs> on the audio side, I apologize. Uh, we'll send you go get the show links yep, and, and yep. go look at this. It's kind of weird what AI is coming. Gorgeous stuff. But basically, it's like take an apartment building and take a redwood big tree and smash just it. Merge the two together. No, just smash it. it together. And it's like, you know, here, I'll show you a picture. But anyway, it's like, oh, you know, interesting. It, it looks like big yeah, trees yeah, yeah. And, and, and apartment buildings in it. So you see glass doors right, and stuff right. like that. And you can see the, the it's various. It's more that you're building into yeah. the tree. Well, yeah. anyway, yeah. right. So it, it was just interesting. It, it made me take a step back. And it's like, man, dude, this AI stuff is being used everywhere. Even right. architects are trying to get inspiration you know, from artificial intelligence. Okay, what would it look like if we were to build buildings that were living, right, around the whole green thing? And right, I, right. I totally get it. Well, this is what a computer thinks it would look like. So anyway, very fascinating. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, yeah, I could, like, I could, I think that'd be kind of fun, actually. Yeah, right? Oh, you a, want, yeah. You know, like a tree building. Not like know. a hobbit, though. Like, no, not, no, no, not, no. I don't want to do the, <laughs> if nothing else, because I'm too tall, you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm a little too Gandalf. Six one or something like that. Six two, yeah. yeah. Six two, yeah. Much more Gandalf than I am uh, Bilbo. So yeah, yeah, that would work for me. (laughs) Good stuff though. Okay, Um, connecting with you. And and you want to talk about like the housing crisis? Like right? Yeah. There's plenty of redwoods out there in California. Start (laughs) start boring. Never mind. Never mind. We are trying to protect them. But no. (laughs) Uh, all right. Uh, every now and then, we uh, we like to talk about poop on this show from time to time. Every now and then, yes, of uh, course. I've got a poop story today. So all right, fair enough. The, this is the headline from Fast Company. Everybody poops, but not everybody's poop gets spontaneously combusted underwater. <laughs> 
So I, that would make me. Is, can we define that as clickbait, by the way? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I saw the headline and I'm just like, well, I'm reading this article. Well, how like, can I not? Yeah. Like, come on. Oh, man. Uh, All right. So fill us in, please, dear so sir. This notes that around the world, 4.2 billion people, nearly half the global population, either don't have a modern toilet or use sewage systems that release untreated human waste into the environment. Did so, you just say half? Half. 4.2 billion people. That's insane. Like, yeah. come on. Wow. Uh, so one, yuck, awful. Uh, we should be doing much better than that. And two, apparently somebody has, you know, and plus they know like, you know, those that do use, you know, toilets, like it's a lot of inefficient systems or wasting mm. a lot of water. Mm. Yep, right. So we've got a, a professor, Dr. Shannon Yee, okay. who notes that his name rhymes with P and he thinks that's <laughs> can be part of the fun joke. He says he's, he's come up with, he basically, he, he was, he, joined part of a foundation, the Gates Foundation's actually, the Gates Foundation there, mm-hmm. a reinvent the toilet challenge. Okay. So he, he worked with a team oh, of nice, engineers. Right, yeah. He's not from this industry. He's not from any kind of biology industry. He's actually got a background in thermal energy technologies. Oh, well, there you go. But they came up Energy, with, I got yeah, it though. They, yeah. they basically came up with an, a toilet that runs on electricity and essentially kind of, for lack of a better term, can compost your waste essentially. Okay. So- Here's how I quickly explain this here. So this would make the water issues in places, or this would make it easier to bring toilets to places that lack them and also solve the water issues in places that don't currently exist. All right. Stated very simply, simply, we're taking infrastructure and we're turning it into an appliance. No water's coming to the toilet and no output sewage. You just plug it in wherever you need a bathroom and it treats your waste. Okay. Essentially, what does it do? He refers to the design as similar to an espresso machine. I don't know if that's the connection <laughs> I want to make. But it runs on electricity, has a front end unit, looks just like a toilet. And oh, in the back wait. end, yeah, okay. the back end, it's it's turning solids and liquids that are kept separate. The poop gets subjected to intense heat and pressure and essentially compacted into okay. a Apparently, a, a like a square a, or something like, yeah, like that. Yeah, it's okay. something that a brick. That can We're be, just going to call it a brick. Yeah, exactly. A brick that we take away the, the the actual like urine gets purified and is actually used to help flush the toilet. Here we go. Oh. While the feces is transformed into small odorless feces cakes. Again, <laughs> branding. Got to work on the branding part there, bud. <laughs> they don't have marketing people working on this. <laughs> they, yet, clearly not. Which this can is an be engineer. Comp- composted or thrown in the trash. All right. They are field testing these super toilets around the world right now. They've successfully said the design will help be able to save cities millions of dollars in waste processing and sewage infrastructure costs. Well, there you go. Uh, so now, the, but it takes energy. I thought you were going to tell me like the poop creates the energy. No, to, so to, the, to well, run the device. that's the weird part here. Is they said, we entered this, into this phase of matter known as a supercritical fluid, where the feces spontaneously combusts underwater. It's How a pretty that unique way happen? of doing this. Yeah. We can actually burn feces underwater. They don't really get into too much of that explanation right. because that I was need the some hook explaining there in the article. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But either way, I mean, so they hook bait. They bait. They did. Again. But yeah. still, this is very smart science. Like, there's oh yeah, there's a, clearly there are some very good ideas. You got yes, thermal engineers wa- looking at waste this stuff. treatment is is a serious issue, and no, for everybody sure. poops. We're not going to yeah. stop again anytime. No, yeah, it's one yeah, of these right. things that's not going to stop happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I appreciate the, the innovation there. So we got a man on it. We got somebody, we got, we got yeah, it figured we it got, out. We got someone working on it and his name uh, is Yee. Yeah. Yee. <laughs> and he gets the joke. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, folks, that does it for us. Hey, Danny, thanks so much for submitting your Thank idea. You, Danny. Feel free to send some more in. Um, yep. we'll send you more shirts. Sure. Why not? Why not? We got plenty of them around here. Yeah, no, we do. Not enough people are asking or telling, giving us ideas. So we got some shirts. There you go. Uh, until next time, it is time for us to unplug. So until next time, um, put your zoot suit on and yes. go out and sell, sell to away. the masses. Yeah. Um, but, but make sure you have some good partnerships along the way. And as always, folks, please stay connected.
Take a Neck Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Dean RFID is nothing new. No, it's, it's been, been around, around a little been bit. Around around a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it's growing. Uh, yes. Yeah. The roots of RFID can be traced back as far as World War II Ooh. with the development of the first identification friend or foe, yes. IFF technology. That's true. Since then, advancements in RFID capabilities have made it an indispensable asset tracking tool for organizations across a wide spectrum of industry sectors. True. And adoption is accelerating. Yes, it is. In some sectors, retail, for example, the percentage of companies not considering RFID is only in the single digits. Oh, wow. Really? See, that's good stuff. So they're all thinking that's kind of important for this particular episode, too. A little bit. You know, another opportunity. Another opportunity. Retailers are thinking about it. Even if they're not doing it, they're at least thinking about it. Boom. Zebra wants to help you understand how this technology can fit into your business with an ebook called the RFID Opportunity, a guide for VARs. Mm. As you'll learn in this new ebook, there are myriad industry-specific applications and benefits that will drive the adoption of RFID systems for years to come. As interest in RFID continues to grow, so does the opportunity for VARs. They have the in-house expertise to connect customers with the ideal solutions for their needs and budgets. We, we were just talking about all this stuff, were we not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a perfect uh, segue See, into some One content. of our partners is already helping out here to help you get into some new industries and love how, some new relationships. I love it when a plan comes together. Don't, don't you know? I didn't even like. I just randomly <laughs> picked this ad and just worked out too. <laughs> Synergy, man. We got it going on here. There you go. All right, check out the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the ebook. Second Act Podcast is also brought to you by Elo. Restaurant owners need technology solutions that are connected, configurable, and streamlined. That would help. Uh, yeah, it does. That's why Elo is the preferred hardware provider for business, industry-leading software companies. Oh, and you. <laughs> and I you. mean you, Dean. Oh, I not mean, me. You mean like the you. The collective you, the yes, VAR, the channel, yes, the, the, channel. Folks, the folks that are listening. Not, I'm not talking to you when I do these ads, Dean. Come I on. understand. All right. well, you got all sorry. giddy over there. No, I, I thought it was about me. I thought, thought you were giving me like Elo uh, product uh, over here. Yeah. Elo's software agnostic solutions range from the front to back of the house, helping hospitality customers increase efficiency and improve guest satisfaction. Are you going to talk about modularity? Yes, I am. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> With a modular oh, hardware platform, man, I just pulled that one out. Yeah. Easily configured restaurant kiosk, digital menu boards, KDS stations, restaurant POS systems, table side ordering, and line busting. Man, they got you covered. Bingo. Creating a connected restaurant has never been easier from QSRs and fast casual to fine dining. Okay, mobile POS systems. Yes. Smart terminals. Yes. Interactive digital menu boards. All important. Order pickup technology. Need it. Why would you equip a, rest- a restaurant with anything else? No, you need all that stuff. I mean, if you were starting a restaurant, you're helping someone innovate. Check, check, check. You need of, all of them. Y- you need that stuff. Yeah. We just, we've, we've talked about that recently, too. We, yeah. we had our Tech Bites episode that was all oh, about, yes. we talked about restaurants and yes. like innovations happening. It's here yeah. to stay. Yep. Yeah. Go back and watch the old episodes, folks. Come on. Yeah. Uh, check out Elo's full line of solutions at the link in the show notes.